Following Christ is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. We are glad to have you today. I'll tell you a story. We're going to go way back to when my wife and I were dating. I had this awesome truck, a five-speed 1998 Chevy with a 5.0 V8 in it. I thought I was a you know single cab, bench seat. Thought I was the coolest thing since sliced bread, man. I loved that truck. Isn't it funny, like, how these things come back? I've thought about, like, I'm going to buy another 1998 Chevy truck with a 5.0, 5-speed. This is how things become collectible and how the value goes up because when we're young, we see things or we have things, and then we get rid of them. And then when we're older, we have all these unrealistic thoughts and ideas about what we had and how they brought us joy and peace and then they become value very valuable when we're 50 60 years old that's how collectibles work so in this truck my wife my wife would ride with me and you know she'd sit in the middle seat on a little bench seat my wife is um she loves to be warm and i'm kind of somewhere in the middle where i just want to be comfortable Well, this is back in the day where right before or right at the time where dual thermostat was invented for vehicles. And this truck did definitely did not have it. (laughs) And so we'd be riding back from somewhere. I specifically remember one time we went to a church camp type deal and she was, I was taking her back home and it was about a 45 minute drive. And I was so infatuated with this young lady that I let her turn the heat all the way up on full blast. And I I don't know if y'all been there, but I thought I was like I thought I was gonna die. My eyeballs dried out. <laughs> <laughs> and so you roll down the window just a little bit like a dog as in driving and sticking your head out the window. That was uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> uncomfortable enough where I still remember it twenty something, twenty years later. You should have used that opportunity to like take your shirt off. <laughs> well, there's never been a whole lot to show there with this guy. So, listen, I wasn't trying, trying to, to keep Courtney, I wasn't trying to run her off. I'm real, I'm real hot. Mm-hmm. You want some tickets to the gun show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, I don't know if that was ever a conversation in our dating days. Oh, <laughs> buck fifty. <laughs> you want tickets to the water gun show? <laughs> that reminds me. Brandon, one of your first practices at Paris, you ran out on the field, and what's what somebody say? You remember this? No, I don't. Who dressed up the fungo? Yeah. <laughs> if y'all don't know what a fungo is, it's a bat that the coach uses to hit ground balls and balls to the outfield, and there's no – it's it's almost like, like a flat – I don't even know. It's longer it. than any other bat that yep. you would typically use, and it's skinnier than it's any other bat. It's almost like a broom handle. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Who dressed up the fungo? That's pretty funny. That, Welcome. that was uncomfortable. Welcome to uh, the uncomfortable truth. Obi, will you open us up in prayer? Yes, I will. 
Father, thank you for bringing us here safely today. We are just so grateful uh, for your love and your grace and your mercy, Jesus. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this platform. Um, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk um, and, and spread your word, to talk about your living word, uh, to talk about the relationships that we have with you and how uh, you know, much you love us unconditionally despite our brokenness. And, and, uh, Lord, we just, we thank you for, for the opportunity to share that with other people. Uh, we thank you for our families. I thank you for each person in this room, what they mean to us. I pray over our families that you would help keep us safe and help keep us healthy. And Lord, we just pray that you would also, uh, forgive us where we fall short. And, uh, we thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And we thank you for, your ever-ending grace. We love you so much. Amen. 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 Well, I'm back up. Um, Here we go. We're going to talk today about um, the Bible's truth. You know, there's there's a lot of people um, that they they look at the Christian Bible and they say, okay, this Bible was written by a bunch of men and women who are unperfect 2,500, 3,000 years ago, however long some of the Old Testament was written, uh, how could it possibly be true? You know, how, how, could, how could all these, ro- these words written by, un- written by sinful human beings who made mistakes, who, uh, you know, they, they, some of them lived in sin, throughout a lot of their lives, you know, and, and how, how could, how could this be true? You know, that's, that's why I don't believe in God because there's no way this Bible's true, you know? And, and so today I, I want to talk about just kind of some evidence that the Bible is true. And, um, I really want to hit on some, some things that we found in our research, uh, of that. And, you know, there's some inward examples uh, that I'm going to give, you know, that are <clears throat> actually in the Bible. And then there's some outward examples that God reveals to us that um, proves that the Bible's true. Um, but what I want to start with is some prophecy, you know, <clears throat> particularly in the Old Testament, um, there were there were prophets who prophesied, you know, events that would happen in many cases two three hundred years later in many cases seven eight hundred years later um they were they were prophesied so i mean these were actual events that were written down in the bible that were god inspired first of all everything in the bible that has been written in the bible was inspired by god and that's 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 an ultimate truth. And again, these inward and outward truths that we're going to discuss a little bit on the podcast today reveal that ultimate truth. Um, but just a couple of, of events that um, we can go back and look at, and then we have reference to later in, in, li- in, in life, of course, not in our lives, but um, most of these prophecies happened back in like seven, anywhere between five to 700 BC. And for, for those who don't know, BC, um, uh, is, is 
the events leading before Christ, before Jesus entered the world, and then most people refer to any event after that as A.D. So it's almost like you go from, say, 1,000 B.C. down to zero, and then from zero up to, say, 2022, the Mm -hmm. time that we're in now. So that's why when... You know, people think about the birth of Christ. They think you a lot of times you hear, oh, roughly 2,000 years ago. So speaking of the birth of Christ, <clears throat> in Micah 5.2, okay, in Micah 5.2, so this is in the Bible, in the Old Testament, this writing was somewhere between 700 B.C. and 735 B.C., Micah 5.2 says, But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Micah 5.2. That was in 700 B.C. Micah predicted the Messiah would be born in the tiny, obscure village of Bethlehem 700 years before Jesus' birth. Hmm. That's a pretty uh, affirmative example <laughs> in in the Bible where prophetic details were brought to light about something that was going to happen 700 years later, and guess what? It happened. Mm-hmm. 100% happened. Another example, in Isaiah 14.23, this was also in the 700, 680-ish B.C. range. Um, in Isaiah 14, 23, I will make Babylon a desolate place of owls filled with swamps and marshes. I will sweep the land with the broom of destruction. I, the Lord of the heavens armies have spoken. It describes how the great kingdom of Babylon will be wiped out and, and become a wasteland. Okay. So in 539 BC, 200 years later, Cyrus the Great conquered Babylon. The kingdom lost its place as a world power. The once great kingdom fell into disrepair, and the buildings crumbled. It eventually became a flooded wasteland. (laughs) It's exactly what was prophesied in Isaiah 200 years prior to that. Guys, we're talking about somebody in 1820 telling us, an exact event that was going to happen in 2020, mm-hmm. 200 years later. I mean, we're pretty detailed. Yeah. It's going to be a wasteland, okay? It's going to be marshes. It's going to be a wasteland. Hmm. Uh, you know, those are just a couple of inward examples. You know, one more um, is in Ezekiel 28, 12, uh, another prophecy They will plunder all of your riches and merchandise and break down your walls. They will destroy your lovely homes and dump your stones and your timber and even your dust into the sea. Um, That was around 590 B.C. The prophet uh, Ezekiel makes the strange prediction that all the stone and timber and the soil of the island of Tyre will be thrown into the sea. Well, in 330 BC, Alexander the Great builds he builds a land bridge from the mainland 
to the island of Tyr and to build the bridge, which is, is still exists today. That bridge mm-hmm. still exists. It's believed that Alexander threw stones and timber and soil from the island into the sea to build up the existing sandbar. Hmm. He literally pull, pulled the same soil, stones, and timber that were destroyed in seven in, in five hundred and ninety ish BC, two hundred years prior to that, up as he was building his bridge. You know, those are all inward examples in the Bible. Uh, we could keep going. Mm-hmm. We could keep going and explain, you know, how prophecy predicted what was going to happen in future years. But how about some like outward examples? You know, I mean, I feel like the outward examples are, to me, they're, I don't know, they just feel more real, you know. And, and so David says in Psalms, you know, David wrote, did he write all the Psalms? Um, I know you wrote most of them. I don't know. think you wrote all of okay. them, but a lot of them are credited to him. If I remember, <clears throat> he correctly. wrote he wrote this one for sure. It's Psalms one thirty nine thirteen through sixteen. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Hmm. This verse talks about the inner parts of our body and how God knit us together in our mother's womb. It talks about how unique we are. And and, and, and what, I, what I think about when I think about that is how is our fingerprints. I think about I think about the the things that make us completely different than all the what 6 billion people on the planet or something like that. I mean, yeah, 6, six between 6 and 7 billion. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's roughly 7 billion people on the planet and not one of them has the same fingerprint. Hmm. Is that insane? That that is insane <laughs> and, and take just for a second take take the lord out of it and just imagine we're sitting on a podcast and we go seven billion people all uniquely created differently yeah i mean that just as far as the brain can grasp that is crazy and then bring the lord back into it and you go holy moly well, and, and then bring the truth that was revealed when David wrote that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know what the time frame is there, but that's an outward truth mm-hmm. that was written in the Bible as truth that we can easily see we are, we are absolutely uniquely made. There's no, there's no question. We're talking about the fact that there's 7 billion people and not one of us are the same. You know, I mean, how can how can that be possible if God didn't make it that way and record that truth in the Bible 3,000 years ago? <laughs> and, he, like, you take that a little bit further, and, like, when you see two people that it's rare to see two people that look exactly alike. Oh, not, not exactly. When we say exactly alike, Besides, like, identical twins, and even those people are different. But 
That's even rare. It's rare. Yeah. Rare. But it's rare to see two people that really, really favor each other that aren't related. Right. Right. Out of seven billion. It's it's just nuts. Um, You know, and and again, it's it points to another another reason that the Bible is is true. Uh, that everything in the Bible is true. And so I think about other outward uh, things that make me know, you know, and, and I feel like that as Christians, there are different things that really relay truth into your mind about, well, that, okay, well, maybe what God said in that verse is true, you know, or, wow, that's true. You know, I mean, it just, it, there's th- there's events, there's things that happen in your life. And, and the one, one verse that comes to me is Philippians 4, 7. And it's a very short and sweet verse. It says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Okay? So the way that I relate to that verse is... I think about peace and I think about the moments in my life when I have peace. And most people would say, Oh, well, I feel peace when I'm right, right. You know, maybe a, an example of peace, that moment, like right before you fall asleep, you know, you think about that moment right before you fall asleep and you're like, wow, I just really feel peaceful right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may, Maybe it's when you first wake up in the morning and you're from a really good night's rest and it's just a peaceful feeling that you have over your body. <clears throat> you don't think about having peace in those moments of fear or trial or, you know, you're going through a really rough patch. Those are moments where you feel anxious and fear and in those the almost the opposite of peace. However, the way that this verse really rings home in my mind and that I know it's true is that God says in this verse that his peace, when we have a relationship with him, transcends all understanding. Mm-hmm. So we so I've had moments in my life where peace should have been the furthest thing from my mind. Mm-hmm. It, should, it should have been the furthest thing from what I was experiencing. But I was experiencing peace in that moment. I, mm-hmm. I truly was. It was like, okay, hold on. This is supposed to really be a situation mm-hmm. where peace right. should be far from you. Mm-hmm. But it literally says in this verse, it transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. You have a relationship with God, and you seek God's will for your life, and you're in alignment with the Lord on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and your goal, your goal in life is to nourish that relationship. If, that, if that's you, God says that you're going to experience joy and peace that, tr- that transcends all understanding. And so I've been in those moments, guys. I've, I've been in those moments where that piece just doesn't make any sense. And I know that that verse is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's true. That's your, that's your evidence. That is my evidence. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, we're all going to experience different evidence, your own evidence, your own evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I just wanted to kind of share that with you guys. Maybe, you know, you guys kind of bounce some ideas off of that, but 
that that's one thing that just really rings true in my mind of, you know, the, the and, and we can go back and, and we can look at those aha moments in life mm-hmm. where God says, I've got the plan. I know what's going on. We don't know in the moment. And then three months later or three years later, it's like, he does have the plan. Yes. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's like the best chess player in the world, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's got the plan. The peace and joy transcends our ability to understand why we're experiencing it. And that's my truth that the Bible's true. But anyway, what do, you, what do you guys think? I, I agree totally with with you when you say, like, your our evidence, the evidence that God reveals to us personally in our own lives is probably – it's the most important evidence as far as like how our walk is grown through him. I think on the other side of that, knowing that the Bible is true and, and going through these examples that, that God is real, Jesus walked this earth um, as a sinless man to die for our sins and so that we could be for, with him in eternity. And seeing all those predictions and those prophecies that are in the Bible, just like with a, uh, if you have a mentor on this earth that's walking you through uh, different situations that you can talk to. Our challenge is to put as much weight on those things that other people tell us. And I say other people, the Bible, to put as much weight and learn as much as we possibly can through those experiences that we didn't have to go through to really try to put ourselves in those situations and understand the true evidence and the, and the reality that, that God is real and that God is real in my life by what he's telling me in the Bible versus having to go through those moments in our life where we struggle and we don't trust through those difficult situations. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes perfect sense. The thing that jumped into my head was um, there's a movie out there called The Case for Christ. Uh, Highly recommend it, and uh, I think it's a book also, I'm sure. I haven't read the book. The short version is is that it's an atheist who's going to set out to prove that the Bible is not true, factually. And I'm just going to cut to the end. He became a believer. Because every time he would go to research, he would find the truth through prophecy hundreds of years later, through Paul when he was on the ship and he was you know, heading one place and ended up another. He Over and over and over again, the Bible kept ringing true. So... When we know that as believers, because anytime we're having a podcast, it's become distinctly clear to me. If you really just did one of those good old school T-charts, we got two people listening to us, two types. We got believers and non-believers. It's that simple, right? You know, if we want to break it down elementary. And for a non-believer, things happen in life that they can't explain but they explain it with the things they want to explain it with because that's what they want to know and believe. So it might be, you know, my hard work, my work ethic, the people around me, you know, and as for a believer, they're looking at that going, God's trying to reveal himself to you and you're just choosing not to recognize that that's what's going on. Uh, Cause we've all had those moments where we shifted that piece, Obi, that you talked about. I can think of one specific time in my life where I was completely at peace with God's will and it was very possible that God's will was not going to be ideal. Very possible. 
in relation to Lincoln, our next to youngest and almost dying from a lot of medical issues. And I was at peace. Do I know why exactly I was at peace then? No other than the verse that you just talked about and many other verses. Transcends. Yes, all transcends. And it, the only way we can recognize that is either come to Jesus or be with Jesus. That's it. Because I can now at least tell you that I've seen a glimpse knowing Leah's journey and what she was experiencing as a mother during that time. And God, the best way I can describe it in my limited knowledge of articulating the things I don't understand in God's grace is that he allowed me to have that peace that I think in a lot of ways gave Leah comfort, but it wasn't because we knew things were going to go the way we wanted them to. You know, and you cannot explain that to someone who's not a believer. You can explain that to someone who is a believer because they can normally tell you if they've been on their walk with Jesus very long. Yeah, I felt that. Can't explain it exactly, but I know the Bible speaks of it. So that's the beauty of it is like, if you want to go historical and factual, there you go. That's the beauty of it. And it's the hope of God. You know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the hope that we're all looking for, right? I mean, like, it's the only place to find it. It's the only place to find that true hope. Like, I, I don't know how to, uh, emphasize it anymore to somebody that may be listening that maybe has lost hope or they've, they feel lost. You know, they, they, they just don't know which way's up or down. There is, <laughs> there is a peace and a joy that transcends every obstacle, every everything that you've ever thought about life, everything that you've ever understood about trial and tribulation and hills and mountains and valleys and and just every up and down that this roller coaster of life has ever has ever taken you on. There is a hope that that gives you peace and joy in those moments where you never dreamed it was possible mm-hmm. and and i really hope that that you know i mean we started with with what makes the bible true you know and and evidence is in the bible well there's no the, you guys are right there's just no better evidence than what we have experienced by having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. We can't describe it in some cases. It's mm. it's beyond understanding. You know, I mean, yeah. I keep on saying that, but it's so true. You know, I mean, you you don't understand why God would give you peace in the midst of a possibility that maybe just maybe your child was meant to go to heaven before you. Mm-hmm. How how can how can you wrap your mind around that? Uh, and you can't, that's exactly right. You can't, you can't wrap your mind around it without God, without, without that hope. You can either recognize that you have the choice to choose his hope and unknown things, Mm -hmm. or you embrace the fact that I can control things that I really can't control. That's really it. Yeah, I mean, like that's you, right. It's, and it's always that way. And you, and, and when you embrace the 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 
falsity mm-hmm. that you can control the things that mm-hmm. you really can't control. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's that, when it falls apart. That that is a very slippery slope, folks. It is, uh, and it is it is a scary ride, and there is very little hope uh, that you know, you're going to find in that. I don't remember the verse. I was. I'm going to start trying to do a better job of giving actionable advice to anybody listening. Like if they go, where can I go? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a thing called the Bible Project. Download the app on your phone. If you struggle to connect with like, what is the Bible? Uh, how do I read it? What? It's an unbelievable resource with these guys that have a heart for just connecting all the dots and letting you understand all the different characters and how they connected and themes in the Bible and God's image and uh, things we don't understand and those kind of things. And it literally walks you through and it kind of gamifies it in a way that like it's like being in kindergarten again. And I love it because I need it that simple, Yeah, you know, but the reality is, is that if we start chasing the ability to control things that we think we can control that all of us here know we can't, what that really is, is creating idols in a lot of ways. And there's a verse in the Bible, I cannot remember it off the top of my head, but I came across it recently where he basically says, God says, do any of those other idols y'all been worshiping talk back to you? Can they have a relationship with you? Do they move? No, you dummies. Right. They don't. Exactly. I do. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Brandon Gosby version of the Bible here, but yeah. that's the BG version. So I love that because how many things have we worshiped falsely in our life that have taken us off the path of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that thing doesn't talk back to us. It doesn't comfort us. It doesn't forgive us. It doesn't give us the redemptive possibility of Jesus's blood. None of them. There's no hope there. Yep. And, and, and I assure you, that's what the world is searching for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're searching for hope. And I'm here to tell you loud and clear, there is hope and there is peace and there is joy. Mm-hmm. True, trend. true peace, Th- true joy, right. like real stuff. I mean, you've, if you're, if you've right. been eternal. on that path, eternal, eternal, yes. Yeah. If you've, if you've been on that path, and I think we all have at some point in our life where we're chasing idols, you know, idols, uh, money, uh, women, sex, drugs, fame, uh, fame, respect, self glorification, uh, how people view all those things. When you get them. Look back, look back at your experiences, and when you get them, how long were does you, it take? Were you happy? Yeah. How, how long? How long were you happy? When does it fades? Yes. If it always fades, it will never stick. That feeling w- will be there for a minute, but it will never stick. I think it's really important in our day to day walk to write down these these moments of evidence in our lives. Mm-hmm. Some of them just stick with us because they're so impactful. Brandon, yours uh, mm-hmm. with Lincoln, uh, my life, my wife's life with her dad passing. Those are moments in our lives that really that it, you don't have to write them down mm-hmm. because they're so momentous or big. Yeah, um, I try to use a big word there, but you were good. Okay, I was going with you. Momentous, but there there are so many other times in our life where God is giving us evidence. That even as Christians, we will still write off sometimes as are, are not giving it the, the true and full respect that God deserves mm-hmm. through that moment of bringing us through something. 
and writing it down as evidence. That's evidence that I can go back to in my life and say, okay, I've been through a similar situation before. God brought me through it. I didn't really understand it. I had peace beyond the understanding. And okay, now I'm walking through this similar situation again. I believe because God has shown himself faithful through these other moments in my life, and I'm reading them in my journal, that I'll walk through this with my wife, with my best friend, with my brother, with my mom and dad, with somebody that works for me, with somebody that I work for, that he has been here. He is not going anywhere. When I say he, I mean the Lord. And he is faithful to continue to walk me through these moments. And I am okay not understanding what's on the other side of that because I believe in his sovereignty. What you just said, you know, my brain is visual and connecting dots. Because I know the past that I've walked with the Lord, I know I don't have to worry about the future, but I got to keep looking at him because then I'm going to get to that future and I'm going to be able to look it back again. And he's the beginning and the end. That's right. You know, so, but I've got to know where it starts. And that starts in the word, Obi. That's right. And the evidence. And and the evidence and the fact that uh, every word in it is true. Um, You know, I I encourage you to uh, test that theory. Uh, it's not a theory. Uh, test that fact. Yep. You know, um, research it. Do what the guy that Brandon talks about in, in the movie that, that literally was an atheist that converted to Christianity because he, choose to, he chose to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to try and prove that the Bible was false. Yep. Uh, and so, anyway, it, it's true. There's inward evidence. Uh, if you're seeking his will and you are and you are just going after trying to uh, nourish your relationship with the Lord, you're going to feel the outward, uh, you know, evidence all the more. And and so uh, go out and do that. Uh, the practical way to do it is to just start digging in the Bible like Brandon talked about. Download that app, um, you know, download that app and and really uh, dig into it and, and let it walk you through the steps um, to start learning more about the Lord. And um, I can't wait for you to experience some of those moments of just transcendent peace Mm -hmm. and and joy. Um, So leave you with that. Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.